0: Welcome to another episode of nxt talk the show where we chat about all things nxt and developmental here on wwe we're your hosts i'm boris and as always i am joined by matt bonjour how's everybody doing out there
1: we hope you're doing well boris we had a tuesday night war we had a aew versus nxt head-to-head battle like the good old days like back when we started this
0: podcast yeah, for sure. I was very close to calling you Alvarez, depending on what you were going to say there. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, no, but yeah, no, it, it, it really did feel like the good old days, right? And we for sure saw, like, you know, without talking too much about Dynamite, because you're going to be covering that a little later. Um, you know, they had a stacked card and, well, we had stacks on our show. But seriously, we the, the card was stacked on nxt right uh we're having so many main roster appearances it being the the go-home show for Halloween Havoc which is this Saturday we will have an after cast for you um yeah so let's talk about that quickly because it's uh, it's one of the last um, w- one of the rare times that we can talk about uh nxt and AEW going head-to-head or wwe and AEW going head-to-head how did it feel? Like, it, it, like both shows felt, like, really strong for the most part. Yeah,
1: they were both really good shows. I, I would qualify Dynamite being a little better, but, again, it's – it's NXT. It's developmental. They did load it with main roster s- stars, but there were also like developmental people in every single segment. So it was it's a tough comparison. It's apples and oranges in a way, but they were both awesome, both very entertaining. Here in Canada, we didn't really have much of a choice because NXT was preempted. So if you're just watching on regular cable, you're going with AEW because that w- that's what was on TV, yeah. right? So yeah, that's what I did. I just watched AEW, and I I did not regret it. It was a solid AEW. But then I went back this morning and watched NXT, and I was actually shocked at how good this show was and how hot the crowd was.
0: The crowd's been awesome. I've been talking about the 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 NXT crowd for for, for the past few weeks, and I'm finding that they're just they've been super hot. I'm not saying they're full sale hot, but they're getting a lot hotter, right? Like it it it's really it adds that whole dynamic to the NXT show, and that's something that 2.0, especially the beginning, just did not have any of.
1: No, absolutely. Well, the crowd was confused, as was the viewing audience, as were anybody involved tangentially with that show. Like, it was just weird. Uh, it was such an aggressive change, but they've settled into a nice product, and yeah, so there were some huge pops, some awesome crowd reactions, and all in all, the the crowd is helping this show a lot.
0: Yeah, exactly, and, and, and you know, with it, again... It always helps having the main roster stars, but it's always great seeing, no matter how, for lack of a better term, maybe you can think of one, small or unused or whatever uh, of a star from the main roster they bring in, they always get a hell of a pop, right? Like, when they brought in the Viking Raiders, when they brought in... If hell, even Dolph Ziggler, like the reactions that he was getting, um, it's always cool to see that because it's a reminder that just the different type of audience that NXT gets compared to the main roster. But here's the thing. I think that's changing. I think with the sheer integration of NXT into the fold, you know, with it clearly being the developmental brand with people making appearances from the main roster on NXT with NXT being acknowledged on the main roster. I think you're starting to see more people watch NXT and we're seeing this in the ratings, right? Like the ratings have been fairly strong for NXT the past few weeks.
1: Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, it's good. It's, it's long overdue and you're right. It's, it's going to, I, it's weird because it's gonna the bloom is gonna come off the rose to some extent. It's not always going to be special, but they chanted "Welcome home" what three times to three different people on this show. You're always gonna have that "We watched you grow up here" yeah. factor, right? So they they they're always gonna be like a Rhea Ripley is always going to be near and dear to the NXT fans' heart. Same with Kevin Owens. Same with Shinsuke Nakamura. Same with Roxanne Perez when she moves up and comes back down in five years.
0: Exactly, but that's the thing, right? Like, it's it's similar to watching a wrestling show here in Toronto, right? I think, again, I bring up Toronto not only because we live here, but the reality is we have so much damn wrestling down here in Toronto and the GTA that we've seen a lot of these people who are we now seeing in NXT and the main roster. We saw them way back when, right? So there's always that welcome home sense, like the reason why they decided to bring out johnny gargano in toronto right he has close roots to toronto and his wrestling career right with him just appearing on so many different indies like just countless indies uh between smash and destiny and and all those right so um it's it's that it's that phenomena that you get in nxt as well yeah not to mention
1: two arguably classic matches in toronto uh with NXT, Gargano had versus Adam Cole, two out of three falls. And with Tommaso Ciampa versus The Revival, FTR, two out of three falls. Whoa. That's two Toronto matches. He was also Smash Wrestling champion. He's been like, and your mileage may vary on the Adam Cole thing. Is that what you were about to say?
0: No, no. I was, I was just going to say it's similar to why FTR just got the reception that they did and why FTR feels this this connection with Toronto. And it's because they've had prob arguably... All things considered, the year that they're having, I think the match that they find the nearest and dearest to their heart here in Toronto, that being uh, a takeover one Toronto against DIY.
1: Might be. It might be, man. They definitely love Toronto and Toronto loves them. And it's the same for Gargano. So, yeah, I know what you're getting at there. It was a very enjoyable, very watchable two hours of wrestling. Flew by, in my opinion. And I think we should get into it. And then at the end, we'll preview Halloween Havoc and uh, talk about what, we're, what we should expect
0: here on Saturday night. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's just jump right into stuff because I know you have a super busy day. You're going to be talking to the mouth uh, shortly after we record this. Um, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. All right, so show starts off. Jump right into things. Um Rhea Ripley comes out. Rhea is joined by uh by the the all of Judgment Day, which kind of was a little surprising and kind of cool all at once and it made sense why. Um but that was really really cool seeing her there uh with the entire group. You got the loud welcome back chance. Um the first match of the night was a pick your poison match, Roxanne Perez versus Rhea Ripley. Matt, This match was very, very enjoyable This match was fun And and I paid extra attention to this match For many reasons Number one, seeing how Roxanne Perez Holds up, for lack of a better term Against someone from the main roster This was also Rhea Ripley's first match First TV match back Since the beginning of the summer Um, And again, just seeing this dynamic Of main roster and developmental Going at it was very fun and enjoyable. So I paid extra attention to this match. And in the 13 minutes that this match got, I was hooked, loved the ending, made everyone look strong, gave Dominic some more heat, and this was a pretty fun match to start the show.
1: I 100% agree with you, buddy. Yeah, this might have been the best match on the show. Uh, Roxanne looks great. She definitely, as you said, hung, held up, did her part with Rhea Ripley. I like the storytelling of this match where Roxanne she just wasn't strong enough. Literally, physically, was not strong enough to do anything to Rhea Ripley. She would try to do arm drags. She would try to do Hurricane Rana's, and Rhea Ripley was just uh, just a stone in there, just a tree that she could not move and. And Rhea just slowly wore Roxanne down with power moves and strikes. And then eventually Roxanne did get, did get a little bit of, you know, as as you'd expect, did get a little bit of shine, got a little momentum behind her, but only for Dominic to interfere. So yeah, I love the storytelling in this match. As soon as Roxanne got going, Rhea Ripley's flunkies and uh, interfered, and that was all she needed. So yeah, this was a really, really good match, man. I Actually, I quite enjoyed this, and like you said, Roxanne needed to show that she belonged, and she did. Exactly.
0: Now, question for you. This was Rhea Ripley's first match uh, on TV since the beginning of the summer for whatever reason. Doesn't matter to us. Um... This is also, notably, her first TV match since the regime change. I'm actually curious to see if this Rhea Ripley, like this just, for lack of a better term or word, dominating, uh, you know, this dominant Rhea Ripley is what we're going to see on the main roster. Or if this was just because of the, the, sh- the obvious size difference between the two. What do you think? Well, it's just...
1: That's very dependent on opponent. I think for the most part, she will be. She will be this bully monster heel, but it's going to be different when you're against Becky Lynch or Charlotte than it will be when you're against, I don't know, Aaliyah. You know what I mean? Like when you're against Roxanne Perez, that's going to be the match. She's going to bully her. But yeah, while she works her way back
0: up to the main event, I can see her destroying a lot of people for sure. That's exactly it, and that's what I want to see, right? So many reasons why this match was really a curious match that I paid attention to. So like you mentioned, you know, Rhea Ripley was literally just overpowering Roxanne Perez every attempt she had, Uh, but then Perez slipped out of a superplex, uh, ends up hitting a Frankensteiner for a two-count, Perez then starts getting the punches and the kicks in, but Ripley quickly comes back with a facebuster suplex for a two-count of her own. Perez escaped a Riptide, hit Ripley with a back kick, uh, but then Ripley escaped Pop Rocks. That's when that dastardly Dominic distracted Perez, uh, gives Rhea Ripley to give Perez a headbutt, a Riptide, and the world's greatest pin for the win in 12 minutes, 45 seconds.
1: Yeah, the sexy pin and uh, look into the camera and then fuck you, uh, I'm actually tough thing. I love Rhea Ripley's character right now. I do hope this continues. And she kind of Goldbergs some people here. Very good wrestling match. Probably the best on the show.
0: Yeah, what I love about Rhea Ripley is that you know she pays attention to the social media, right? Like You know she sees what people are saying and she plays up to it. Yeah, she has fun with it. She literally,
1: she like, literally, like, there's been like a meme about Rhea Ripley sexy pinning people, so she sexy pinned uh, Roxanne and smirked into the camera. Like, she knows exactly what she's doing, and it's hilarious. It it adds a layer if you're way too online, like we are.
0: Yeah, one last (laughs) thing I want to note about this match, Booker T. It was it me or. Was he actually good in this match? Maybe because he knows Roxanne Perez. Maybe because he trained Roxanne Perez. But I feel like he was great in this match.
1: There was like when the, there were a couple of moments where I was like, "Oh, Booker T is actually trying to be the professional and trying to hold this thing together. He is uh, he's working hard. At least in the first two weeks, I feel like Booker T has done a really good job. I agree with you wholeheartedly on there, your assessment there, homie."
0: One issue though with the commentary, <laughs> and and, and I'm gonna, and and then you know I love Vic Joseph. I think he's great. I think he's great commentator, but I think. Booker T would be better off with someone who calls moves. Because I'm finding that right now in NXT, it's literally talking about the match. It's, it's, like, it's like throwing, well, fuck, I think you and I could call more moves than Vic Joseph and Booker T, right? It's just that it's missing that dynamic of that wrestling IQ, for lack of a better term. I'm not trying to dig anyone. But the commentary that I love is more when, you know, you have one guy doing the color, and he's raw, rawing, and you know doing whatever he does. But then the other person literally telling you what these people are doing.
1: Yeah, let's put a pin on this. I, I, you're so right. There's this is so evident in the Quincy Elliott versus Zion Quinn with Shotzi Blackheart on commentary situation. So let's get back to this point then, because we'll we'll wrap a nice bow on it. Because yeah, it, it was the story of that match.
0: All right, Cameron Grimes, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson were chatting and playing around in the locker room. Grimes showed the Good Brothers a pile of money. This pleased everyone. They all too sweet at each other. Uh, and That was that.
1: This was the least annoying uh, Luke Gallows has ever been on camera. I actually kind of liked him here. I find that these guys need a leash. Yes, exactly. They do need to be reined in. But, yeah, in WWE, they're actually kind of all right because they do have that leash, that tight scripted
0: promo. And it's not in AEW where they can literally get away with anything because it's their buds. They're with their friends, right?
1: Yeah, literally swinging the belt around like it is their cock for lack of a better or, you know, more subtle term. (laughs) All
0: right. Stacks. Uh, and an injured tony d are out tony d takes the mic and said it was a big night for stacks who should be ready to throw down stacks held open the ropes for the injured tony tony hyped up stacks for his mystery opponent uh and at this point he's really milking the crowd about the reveal as we go into commercial
1: yeah he literally does the uh, ryan seacrest american idol gag. we will reveal it after the commercial break, ah! <laughs> the crowd boos and he gives him a little like Bret Hart style, like, hey, yeah. with the arms like the fawns. I loved it. I actually laughed out loud. I was like, OK, you see, Crest did us good, Tony
0: D. But yeah, we, we need to well talk about who the reveal is here. Yeah, we will in just a quick second. Now, one thing I do want to bring up, though, is I really hope that uh, Tony D'Angelo gets another goon to team up with Stacks. I don't want to see these two as a tag team.
1: Yes, agreed. Million percent agreed. And it sucks that she's injured, but we we said it months ago. Ariana Grace needs to be the female in this group. Once she's back from her leg injury, I believe it is. I think she has a knee injury of some kind, not confirmed. But yeah, yeah. She uh, once she, Ariana she got surgery she,
0: yeah. in Birmingham right. yesterday.
1: There you go. So I I do hope that she returns very soon and is part of the the family here. She needs to be part of the the Tony D
0: family. Back from the break, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is interviewing Grayson Waller. I love the dynamic between Mackenzie Mitchell and Grayson Waller.
1: Yeah, it's really funny. They definitely have like a, I don't even know what you would compare it to in the history of wrestling, but it's kind of like a take on a modern mean gene versus a heel situation, right? Like
0: a mean gene, Rick Rude, maybe, I don't know. I I can't even think of the like two people who just worked off each other. The Rock and Kevin Kelly. The Rock and Michael Cole, maybe. Yeah, a little bit of that. A little A little bit of that, although there's way less
1: egg on Mackenzie Mitchell's yes. face. The egg is often on Grayson Waller's face.
0: Yeah. All right, so Waller talks. Oh, so Mackenzie talks to him about being off his game. Waller talked about how the spinning wheel freaked him out. He said he beat Apollo Crews already and even blinded him with his star power. Um, he Waller was bragging. That's when Chucky, the creepy doll, appeared on the monitor to inform Waller that his match on Saturday against apollo is a spin the wheel make the deal match waller just walked away looking very paranoid because if you remember from last week or two weeks ago or whenever it was apollo Cruz's uh vision his that's so raven vision uh had chucky involved that's so
1: grayson how the fuck did we miss that two weeks ago <laughs> but yeah man uh i i hated it this was not for me but uh, whatever, Chucky. Chucky actually came back on this show. I, I significantly preferred the
0: second Chucky promo to this one. Okay, <laughs> in my entire life, I never thought we would be a talking about a <laughs> wrestling show, b talking about Chucky as if it were a real fucking thing.
1: Right, breaking down the fighter points of, of Chucky the doll's fucking oratory here on this on this
0: wrestling program. Good, <laughs> All good we did was like Terrifier the Clown or something and they would have been like <laughs> full circle. Speaking of which, completely throwing the show out of out of the loop, Terrifier Two is finally playing in Canada, in Toronto this Friday.
1: Nice. Yeah, people are, like, passing out, vomiting in the theaters and stuff. Apparently, it's, like, a
0: shocking, like, crazy, like,
1: 60s-style splatter gore fucking film.
0: Can't wait. All right, back in the ring. It was revealed that Tony D called in his favor, called in a favor, and it was none other than Shinsuke Nakamura to be the opponent of Stax.
1: So the crowd went nuts. I would say probably this was pop of the night, Nakamura, because it was a surprise. Rhea Ripley was the second biggest pop of the night. She would get silver medal to start NXT. That was a humongous reaction. She felt like a big star, but she was advertised. Nobody expected Nakamura to come out here. Nobody. And I almost wished that I hadn't known, because like I said, I watched AEW first, right? And obviously, I had the show spoiled for me. So, yeah, had I just been watching NXT live and and Shinsuke came out, that would have been an awesome moment. This was a a huge pop, sick surprise. Well done, NXT.
0: This was really well done. Uh, So Nakamura hits Lorenzo with a signature vibration kick. Crowds is chanting... Uh, nakamura's theme nakamura slammed lorenzo to the ground for a two count booker noted that nakamura is a former iwgp champion i love saying that just because you know in the past couple weeks they've mentioned iwgp belts they've mentioned progress they've mentioned um couple other uh, pwg which uh, is
1: surprising that they mentioned PWG because PWG is and pretty much forever will be kind of in bed with AEW just in terms of who works. A- Excalibur is huge involved with PWG. The Young Bucks have been there forever. Like There's such an intertwinement with AEW and PWG that it's crazy that WWE talks about PWG so much. Yeah. Major League Wrestling they've mentioned recently too. They're talking about indies and
0: other companies. Yeah, it and uh, it, it, one thing I've noticed is they're toning down the use of the WWE Universe. I don't know if you've noticed this. Yeah, well, they've they've actually said
1: fans, and you're allowed to say fans again and stuff. They do still sprinkle it in, though, but toning yep. it down, that's a good way to put it. I agree.
0: Yeah, all right, so Nakamura hit Lorenzo with a knee strike on the ground. Uh, he then was toying with Lorenzo with low-kick combos. Lorenzo did catch a kick and gave Nakamura forearms. Um, you know, later on, Tony D gave Nakamura a good nod at ringside. Vic said was interesting and a little showed some tough love to Stax. Shinsuke then hits Lorenzo with the Kinshasa kick for the win in only five minutes. 20 seconds.
1: Yeah, so I mean not the best match in terms of like technical classic, but this was so satisfying, so much fun. Nakamura was a, was a big cat playing with a little mouse here, just just playing with his food before he obliterated him with two kinshasa's in one. Just a ton of fun. And I liked the little closing match angle as well. Yep.
0: Yeah. This was great. I like this, right? Like, this this, this this was exactly what it needed to be. Expected outcome. Don't need a lot of time. Crowd loved it. Viewers at home were shocked that Nakamura showed up, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, so that was that. So, the commentary team talked that Stax looked good for losing after two Kinshasa kicks. Tony D'Angelo told Stax that he was proud of Stax for the fight he showed.
1: Yeah, exactly. And basically said, like, I was worried about you, but you proved yourself. You proved that you're, you're you're a man and, you know, I'm proud of you, kid. And he gave him the old slap on the face and they walked out together. So Stax has proved his worth and he is officially, like, the right-hand man of the dawn. I think, at this point.
0: Yep, that's exactly it. Which is why I'm hoping that they do bring in more goons, right? And, and, and make that family feeling because... Tony D with just one person seems, I don't know, seems very strange. Yeah, they can even give him a tag team of
1: goons, little foot soldiers who can do the bidding. And Tony's right hand man could be like the North American title level guy. And Tony D could be like the world title level guy. Uh,
0: Yep. All right. Axiom and Nathan Fraser were uh, complimenting each other for their uh, last few matches against each other. Axiom said he's going to be rooting for Fraser to win on Saturday. Wagner shows up, Mr. Stone shows up, uh, they're there to intimidate Axiom and Fraser, Wagner called Fraser a soccer boy, Axiom held Fraser back. I loved it until Vaughn Forehead showed up.
1: Uh, I like Nathan Fraser's character, he's definitely like growing on me, he's, he's finding his uh, voice a little bit. I, I I would think we need to give credit where it's due to Von Wagner somewhat. He's no longer laugh out loud bad. He's now like perfect, perfectly cromulent bad guy heel yelly
0: wrestler. Sure, I'll give you that one. <laughs> um, no, you know I don't know. I just I I still have zero time for him. Yeah, he's Fair. improved, but I still don't see where he's gonna fit in in the big picture.
1: Yeah, he's gone from maybe like F to like D, C minus, maybe, right?
0: So, like, yeah. He's improved, he's, though. Yeah, exactly. All right. Alba Fire makes her entrance. We had a commercial. That's uh, back from commercial. Sonia Deville makes her entrance. Uh, she was with Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. This sets up the next very short match Alba Fire versus Sonia Deville.
1: I did not like this at all. This was a a mess, and the end was just really kind of bad. I almost think they should have not done a match. They should have just tried to do a horseman beatdown, a horsewoman beatdown, but kind of flip it, you know what I mean, and have Alba Fire actually fight everyone off, which happened anyway. Trying to do a match here was just kind of a waste of time.
0: Yep. At least it was only two minutes. True. Fire fighting off all three women. DeVille accidentally gave Dolan a pump kick. Fire rolls up DeVille for the win. Literally, that's all that you need to know. All right, after the match. It's funny because everything that happened after the match was more interesting. Because after the match, um, DeVille, Dolan, and Jane are beating up fire. NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose makes her uh, return. Uh, Rose cuts a promo about how she was going to be ruthless. Uh, Part of her promo is also cut off. Uh, because something must have happened, fire fought off the heels. Uh, the heels then retreated when she was swinging around her red bat. Yeah, so
1: I at least they only did one baseball bat shot and not eleven like in that Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey match. But yeah, they're doing a lot of rubber baseball bat lately in WWE I'm noticing uh, yeah. also we, we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't uh, mention Mandy Rose's outfit which is going straight to the Hall of Fame first ballot anyway um, this was uh, this was like, like you said the match was kind of pointless kind of two minutes wasted they should have just done the angle in my opinion but I did like the angle
0: yep alright Wesley and Oro Mensa were chatting uh, about being former US and UK tag team champions interesting that they brought that history with Oro Mensa, considering the name change and everything. Trick uh, Williams and Carmelo Hayes show up. They uh, jumped Mensa and Lee. Uh, Booker kind of chuckled. Uh, the brawl spills, spills right into ringside as we head into commercial.
1: Yeah I love that like he starts laughing And Vic Joseph was basically like why are you laughing And as Booker T was explaining himself They make their way uh, Into the ringside area And they're fighting and they go to commercial I actually
0: really like that Yep Back from commercial we start the match already in progress Wesley and Oromensa Versus Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams
1: this was a weird match. It seems like all four guys had a challenge of who can spike theirself on the top of their head the most. <laughs> both, both Oro and Wesley did it noticeably. I think Oro might have done it twice. Wesley did it crazy bump on the finish. This was this
0: was a great little five minute sprint. Yeah, it really was. It was I love that. All right. Oro hits Trick with a standing lager kick. Lee and Mello tag in. Lee pressuring Mello with boxer punches and a bulldog. Williams then trips Lee off the top rope. Oro nails Trick with a uh, Gamming Geary and axe handle strike. Mello catches Lee with a code breaker. Mello then hits Lee with a top rope scissors kick for the win. In two minutes, 43 seconds of TV time, of TV time, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams are your victors. Right, so
1: yeah, it probably went about 5-6, IRL. The What we saw on TV was awesome. Good little taste, good little taste. D-A-S-T-E, quote Matt Menard, for the latter match coming yep. up on Saturday.
0: Yeah, which we'll talk about a little later, but uh, yeah, there's realistically only three people who are going to win that match. All right, Mello then hit, nailed Oro and Lee with a flip dive. Uh, Voglanger showed up, gave Mello a big boot. Frazier shows up gave Wagner a top rope crossbody. Uh then we got the dreaded censored holy shit chants from the crowd.
1: Always hilarious when the the censors have to scramble to uh I guess it would be respectful if the crowd didn't chant holy shit anymore, especially on TV show. On pay-per-view, do what you want to do. I don't give a fuck.
0: Here's why. I'll tell you why. I love it when the crowd just does whatever they want. Number 1, I was going to say you, you you're paying your hard-earned money, but you're not. But here's the thing. You're there to add the atmosphere. And I draw back from my soccer uh, uh, supporter days on this one. I used to get phone calls constantly from the MLS office saying, You guys shouldn't swear, you're mic'd up, blah, 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 blah. Sponsor this, sponsor that. You know what my response was? And this might not have been the best response, but (laughs) sponsor these
1: nuts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Essentially, yes. I essentially said this. Stop promoting us. You use us in all your marketing material. You sell the supporters to sell tickets. And then you get mad when we're doing supporter stuff. Go F yourselves. No. Nah. Well, I, 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 hey, listen, man. I
1: respect a needlessly strong stand. I like where your head's at on that one, buddy.
0: But it was like, it, it, there was a lot more to it, but that's the, I'm just yeah, explaining the gist, right? But that was the yeah. thing, you know, if you don't want us to swear, then don't literally sell tickets on our backs.
1: That makes a lot of sense, man. That That's just in a nutshell, that as a concept makes a lot of sense. But yeah, this little 30 seconds here, starting from... Uh I guess it was Carmelo Hayes doing the flip dive, doing the MVP style shot, like the jump shot into the crowd, getting obliterated by a big boot, and then the camera pants out to Nathan Fraser somehow on the top rope, smashes Von Wagner with a crossbody. That all in like thirty seconds was so good. And that alone made me want to drop everything I'm doing and watch this ladder match on Saturday night.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be a great match. Uh, so yeah, so after this, Joe Gacy, he's standing next to Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed. Gacy cuts one of his less creepy promos about Grimes being a hypocrite for some reason. Gacy also cuts his promos via handheld camera now. Okay. <sighs> there I, I flip back and forth with the schism and all these guys, the dyad, whatever they want, whatever they're called. I didn't hate this so much.
1: I honestly barely paid attention. I'm just kind of at the point where I'm tuning out with yeah. with Joe Gacy. But See, I, I, I respect that analysis. I'm glad it wasn't as spooky as usual.
0: Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with Braun Breaker with 2Ks about being on the KO show. Breaker with 2Ks talks about how he's a fan of Kevin Owens and has been a fan of every episode of the KO show since the first episode of the KO show. That was a thing that they talked about.
1: Yeah, as though it's just like available on Netflix and you could just binge the back catalog or something, right? Like that was a weird line.
0: Yeah, that was weird. All right. Cameron Grimes and the Good Brothers, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson versus the Schism, Joe Gacy, Rip Fowler, and Jagger Reed.
1: Yeah, like, uh, this was okay for a Good Brothers match, but you know exactly what you're going to get when they're in there. And I feel like they just overpower everything else in the match, you know what I mean? Like, it's just going to be a Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson match when you're in there with them, and that's what this was.
0: Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to assess this match. You kind of knew exactly what you were in for. It kind of knew where this match was going to go. But again, I have to say that, you know, the good brothers were were less annoying in this match.
1: Yes, exactly. I will, I will grant you that. Since they've come back in the 10 days that they've been back, they've been less annoying than
0: usual. Also, uh, Jagger Reed and Rip Fowler. They're kind of growing on me I'm kind of getting used to these characters As opposed to the grizzled young veterans I still think it's a step down But we,
1: we have to accept it So yeah, I they're growing on me too they're, They are much like some other people on this show They're finding their voice a little bit In these dumb new characters
0: That's the thing I feel like they even they're feeling a little more comfortable In their own skin portraying these characters
1: Yeah, I that's obvious I
0: agree with that All right, so each person kind of does their signature moves. Grimes hit Fowler with a cave-in and hit Gacy with a PK. Anderson hit Reed with a spinebuster. The Good Brothers then hit Reed with their magic killer to give Gallows the pinfall win in 11 minutes, 59 seconds. God bless the NXT crowd, possibly the last on
1: earth that would ever chant Big LG, Big LG. Unironically, Uh, positively with gusto chanting for Luke Gallows. You
0: gotta love it. (laughs) True. The hardest working reporter in all professional wrestling. Mackenzie Mitchell is with Veer Mahan about the mystery of what he whispered into Sangha's ears. Those sweet little nothings. Mahan said that he, what he told Sangha was only meant for brother Sangha and not anyone else. That's when Sangha shows up, told Veer that he was here to listen. Veer said he knew Sangha was ready to listen.
1: I wonder if they are actually going to be a tag team or if they're gonna feud if this is gonna be a tease. I just whatever they do, I hope that it doesn't end up with Sangha being a heel because he's got such potential as a baby face.
0: I really like Sangha. Again, like I really, really enjoy Sangha. Out of all of the big guys that we're seeing in any company, I'm really liking what Sangha is doing. Now,
1: we say it every week, but yeah, I think he's got a ton of potential. And I think he's unique. He could be a baby face giant in a way that not many have been able to pull off. So I would not turn this man heel. Um, let's give this story a shot. I'm willing to let it play out. Who knows where it's going to end up. But if it ends up with uh, our boy Sangha being heel, I'm going to be quite
0: disappointed. Yep. We get a hype video package hyping up the Chance and Carter versus Stark and Lions match at Halloween Havoc. Yeah, a nice little
1: card getting a lot of build, especially the next little promo segment here, which I quite enjoyed. I'm loving the fire out of Damon Kemp.
0: Yeah, but before that, we got a pretty useless contract signing between both teams. Nothing really happened. They just taunt each other a little bit. All right, let's talk about the Damon Kemp stuff. All right, Vic Joseph uh, is hyping up Julius Creed versus Damon Kemp for Halloween Havoc, their ambulance match. Uh, We get a split-screen interview with Julius and Damon. Julius talks about how much he loves and wants to protect his brother ever since Brutus was a baby. Julius said Damon is a clown, and he's going to crush him. Julius brought up all the bad things that Damon did. Damon and Julius uh, said Julius is whining. He said Julius is a world-class athlete and former NXT Tag Team Champion, but Julius is also a loser who is just jealous of him, him being Kemp. Julius said Damon is a thirsty clout chaser who doesn't want to do any work. Damon said this isn't uh, a wrestling or MMA match. It's an ambulance match. Damon said he's just going to hit Julius James in the back 10 times like he did to Ju- uh, Brutus. Uh, Julius said it's clear that he's better than Damon. Julius talked about how he outperformed Damon in college. Uh, Julius then said Damon isn't even better than his brother, meaning Gable Steveson. Damon Kemp said he's going to prove Julius wrong and lock the doors on Julius Julius uh, said he's not going to feel any sympathy or remorse. Uh, he's going to feel the handle of the ambulance door as he closes it on camp. Kemp said that Brutus is going to be in the unemployment line after Saturday. Yeah, they tried
1: to go with like a uh, a heated like UFC style. Like Cormier Jones style kind of thing They got almost there this was, this was very entertaining Damon Kemp showing a lot of charisma Showing a lot of fire Julius Creed no slouch In that department either uh, These guys are impressing a lot With the
0: little bit of mic time that they've gotten I'm loving good old Bobby Stevenson's uh, mic work Now uh, We'll talk about this later But I have a theory uh, Because Gable was brought up Indirectly, but he was brought up. So I have a theory about this match on Saturday. You know exactly oh, where I'm going. Oh, 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 I do. I do indeed. All right, we go to Alicia Taylor, who is in the ring. She introduced Shotzi Blackheart as the host of Halloween Havoc. Uh, this is the second time she's hosting. Uh, she soaked in the welcome home chance. Shotzi said if there's one WWE star that screams Halloween It's Shotzi She said she hosted the show in 2020 And it was one of the most horrifying badass days of her life She said this Saturday has to be more balls to the wall Shotzi said she's going to beat uh, damage control on Friday with Raquel Rodriguez uh, She said she's also going to make Halloween Havoc the most terrifying extravaganza in NXT history uh, she did her howl. Zion Quinn made his entrance for some reason. He welcomed Shotzi back to NXT <laughs> and bragged about being box office. Uh, he wanted to be co host. Quinn said he freed up his time on Saturday to be the X Factor on Halloween Havoc. Quincy Elliott makes his entrance um, with his own uh, signature moves. Quincy said he's a fan of Shotzi. He said that Shotzi is a ballsy girl who isn't afraid to step on uh, no toes. Uh, she said he does what she said he does want to see Zion in a Halloween costume, but he's not a co-host. Elliot and said Shotzi needs a Scream Queen, the super diva. Shotzi noted that since Quinn and Quincy are wrestling now, they should up the stakes. Winner becomes Halloween Havoc co-host. Quincy backdropped Quinn to ringside. Quincy gave Shotzi a bit of a lap dance as we go to commercial.
1: Yeah, fun. Uh, uh, okay, so Quincy Elliott, a ton of potential. He's added a little bit of gold dust to his Velveteen Dream character where he's kind of sort of hitting on Zion Quinn while he runs him down and then beats him up. Uh he did okay on this. Zion <laughs> Quinn, God bless him. Oh, boy. I don't know what we're going to do with this guy. <laughs> what, are, what are we going to do? What is WWE going to do with Zion Quinn?
0: Honestly, like I don't know, man. I really don't know. I, I have zero time. For, you think I have zero time for Von Wagner? I have even less time for Zion Quinn. I
1: think if you're power ranking everyone zion quinn is the guy whose whose arrow just stays red he just slips further and further down and i would even power egg von wagner ahead of yeah. zion quinn
0: artistically
1: uh, kayfabe or non-kayfabe in every possible way you can rank a wrestler
0: yeah it's true all right zion quinn versus the super diva quincy elliott to become the co-host of halloween havoc this match was fast two minutes 50 seconds talk about commentary Oh, man.
1: So not for a second did they mention what was happening in the ring, really? Like, Zion Quinn, the the story of this is he's trying to hit his fireman's carry move on Quincy Elliott, but he can't, because Quincy Elliott, and I say this with love as one myself, is a big fat boy, and that's the story. Zion Quinn is trying to power up this huge man, and the only time they brushed up against that story is when Zion Quinn fell flat, and he, and uh, I, I think it was Vic Joseph said, pancake. And then a minute later, Quincy Elliott missed a splash and uh, Shotzi yells, double pancake. And it was just like, yeah, they they, they don't even... like You got to pretend to care about what's happening in the ring so that the fans at least pretend to care about what's happening in the ring and even booker t booker t the most ridiculous announcer in the history of wwe shucky ducky quack quack himself was trying to keep this together he was trying to be the responsible one booker t he said the n-word live on pay-per-view once and he was the responsible one just crazy just crazy
0: <laughs> i love it but it's true booker t also <laughs> said that quincy elliot reminds him of gold dust uh, Quinn tried to grab a chair, but then Hank Walker stepped on the chair. Quincy, ca- Quincy caught Quinn with a running splash and a eye drop for the win. In only two minutes, 50 seconds, your rant went longer than the match itself. I love it. <laughs> love it, yeah. Quinn v. Quincy.
1: But yeah, this was this was uh not the best match artistically. And the commentary did everything they could to sewer it. But I do think Quincy has a ton of potential. He's the yeah. new Rikishi, the new Funkasaurus, except better.
0: Yeah. With like he's not, I feel okay. I don't know. It's too early to tell. Anyways, show cuts the Chase U classroom where Tia Hall was depressed about losing to Kiana James. She then she then got a hype. High- she then got hyperactive when she asked Andre Chase to give her a rematch. Chase introduced a History of Halloween Havoc video history package. He introduced these segments, uh, including Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair, DDP versus Goldberg, Mandy Rose winning the NXT women's title. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> 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 You're putting that the same as everything else. Oh my love god. It. I love it. Love WWE. it. Treat her
1: like the star that yes. she is. Treat her like she's Hulk Hogan. Treat her like she's Ric Flair. I did laugh out loud, but I love it. You gotta shoot that shot, WWE. Go for it. I love it too. It's just like rip, like it's it's <laughs> patently absurd. It is absurd to rank Mandy Rose with Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair like steel cage retirement match. Also that time Mandy won the title.
0: <laughs> God, I love that. I love Wrestling. Alright, Dexter Loomis's House of Horrors, Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. <laughs> like Jesus Christ. Five star moments all around.
1: Five star all around. The zombie thing with Cameron Grimes, every bit as memorable as Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio's great classic that will live on for generations.
0: Yeah, but those things are more like <laughs> the Yeti and the Chamber of Horrors more than Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I actually I, I
1: really, really like, how could you not love Andre Chase and Chase University? They do such a good job as bottom of the barrel, baby face
0: jobbers. If anyone else did these comparisons, I, it would have almost angered me. But because it was Andre Chase, I'm just laughing and think it's just absurdly ridiculous in a hilarious way. Yes, he's
1: earned our trust in this way. He's like, you can see this character
0: believing his nonsense, right? Yeah. Chucky shows up. Bodie Hayward <laughs> calls Chucky a son of a bitch for cutting off Chase. Uh, Chucky returned the favor by yelling at Hayward in curse words. Teahal Hall said, what the fuck? Yeah, so they flipped They flipped it. Chucky
1: did the swearing bit instead of Chase, Andre Chase. And then Thea Hall swore, too, for the first time because she's supposed to be the good girl of the group. Uh, I mean, again, it's Chucky. But as Chucky promos go in professional wrestling, this honestly may have been the best one yet. It was better than the Rick Steiner shit in WCW.
0: Yeah. Pretty deadly. Had their unmoderated contract signing with Enofi and Blade. Everyone trade some taunts. Yeah, so that is not on Halloween Havoc. We have Tag Team
1: Title Tuesday, Eat Shit AEW for your Title Tuesday. It's the quadruple T next week on NXT. I might be taking a couple of weeks off of NXT, uh, but we'll watch we'll watch Tag Team Title Tuesday.
0: Because it's so absurdly awesome
1: It's so absurdly awesome And insanely stupid And blatantly stolen from their competition While they were doing it You gotta respect it almost
0: With Michaels literally answering To no one except Triple H I'm just loving how meta NXT is sometimes
1: Yeah, it's becoming Well, even like the Chucky thing Was an obvious wink and a nod to the audience, right? Yeah They're like breaking the
0: fourth wall a lot. Yeah, they really are. They really are. To the point where if anyone has watched, and I know you haven't, if anyone has watched the finale of She Hulk, you know exactly why. I love shit like that. We flew over my head, but I'm sure a lot of the listeners are uh, agreeing with you. I don't know how we're friends. Raquel Rodriguez (laughs) versus Cora Jade.
1: Yes. uh, Not as good as the opener, but Raquel got another really nice and she felt, she felt like moved a little bit. She, it seemed like she was really uh, enjoying milking that reception, taking it in. It was a nice moment for Raquel Rodriguez. If anything, that was the moment where it felt like Raquel arrived because she no longer is NXT. She came back to NXT As kind of a conquering hero, you know what I mean? And it was actually a really nice moment to see kind of that
0: that ascension in a performer, you know? Booker, again, stepped it up for his his student. Uh, He talks about how he's biased in favor of students and he wants to see Roxanne Perez beat up jade gonzalez went for a chest slap on the table but jade sidestepped causing gonzalez to hurt her hand on said table jade hit gonzalez with a rebound stomp gonzalez came back with a lariat jade dragged the black kendo stick into the ring rodriguez caught the kendo stick took the stick hit jade in the gut with it jade was announced as the winner via dq in only two minutes 42 seconds Yeah, so many
1: short matches. It was definitely more about moments, uh, promos, and returns this show. But that is typically how you do a go-home show, so no problem with it. But yeah, yet another kind
0: of match that was just kind of just there. Went three minutes and was out. Roxanne Perez runs out, dumps Jade back in the ring. Jade ran away when Perez went to hit her with a kendo stick. Rodriguez and Perez celebrate running off Jade with Perez sitting on the shoulder of Rodriguez. How cute.
1: Yeah, that was kind of nice. Yes. Uh, Macho Man Elizabeth moment, if ever there was one.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I I got nothing. I got nothing the on pomp, that one.
1: The pomp and circumstance, Boris.
0: You're right. All right. Kevin Owens <laughs> makes his entrance. Uh, we see a bunch of NXT wrestlers having a party backstage. Uh, we see the Gallus' pub set. Uh, They were drinking drinks and beers. The mystery red-hooded person was in the area, too. Briggs Jensen and Ike Minjiro fired each other up.
1: Two things. Uh, Josh Briggs is awesome. He's improving every week. I almost think, Boris, this is a crazy fan theory I have for you. Do a gimmick where, uh, where Brooks Jensen, the virgin, gets jealous, maybe gets laid, gets a girlfriend, goes full Dominic Mysterio, whatever. Team up Josh Briggs with Hank, the security guard. There's your tag team of the future. Josh Briggs and Hank, that is a winning duo.
0: Those two would be like the most blue-collar team yeah. ever pr- produced.
1: The the better version of the smoking guns, maybe, although I don't know if either of the two would have a career like daddy ass. I think both of them could pass Bart Gun anyway. Also, second thing, we've heard a lot that uh, – the girl under the the hood, the the red hoodie, was gonna be your girl, Isla Dawn. I think it's gonna be Afy Valkyrie.
0: That's who I'm thinking. Uh, WWE did make a trademark. I think it was. I forget the exact name. I don't have the notes in front of me. Uh, but it was starts with an L. So everyone's yeah, yelling at like, me. I'm sure. Lyra, Lyra like l- Valkyrie, yeah. something like that.
1: Lycra Valkyrie or something it, it, it sounds a lot like uh Taya Valkyrie which is actually Frankie Monet's name so it could be Frankie Monet coming back but yeah regardless Afi Valkyrie ex-NXT UK wrestler she's due to come back soon from injury I think this is her under that red hood that's yep. my official guess
0: yep all right KO segment NXT champ braun breaker comes out jd mcdonough and ila Dragunov were already in the ring vic joseph reiterated that braun doesn't have to be pinned kevin owens introduced the crowd to the ko show owens talked about how Shawn michaels invited him to be there and he said he couldn't say no because sean made him want to be a wrestler he said he's actually here to keep the peace and not wreck havoc you see because it's halloween havoc so he doesn't want to wreak havoc See like this is where I I noticed
1: two things. One, I my entire persona is basically just doing Kevin Owens's sarcastic baby face. I kind of don't care but I kind of do thing. And also, if Kevin Owens, if you put a if you put a leather jacket and a pair of aviators on him, he's kind of just doing a take on Orange Cassidy. In a way, kind of slacking off, kind of making fun of it, kind of above everything. There's a little It just Orange Cassidy does this obviously aggressively, but there's a little slacker baby face in Kevin Owens. I kind of just I, noticed it for the first time. I think Kevin Owens is just, he's your
0: typical millennial in a sense. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. All right. Owens said that someone in the ring right now has been playing mind games and stirring the pot Uh Kevin Owens said, this man is a huge creepy weirdo, pointing at J.D. McDonough. Uh, Kevin makes a couple jokes. He said he might need to take a shower looking at J.D. J.D. said Kevin can call him whatever because after Saturday, he's going to be the NXT champion. J.D. McDonough brought up how Elia was the person to leave Braun lying and Braun speared Elia right after. Uh, McDonough said that they can beat each other up all they want, but he's going after the NXT title. Ilya said he was actually going after J.D., but it wasn't a mistake that he hit Braun. Ilya said Braun struggled for air when he was li- left lying, and he saw that Braun is only human. Ilya said he saw the chink in the armor. The kink in the armor. Ilya said <laughs> Braun will feel that feel that pain again when he regains the title that should have been his in the first place before he had to re- relinquish it. Braun said over his dead body. He said he agrees that he felt that torpedo Moscow. Breaker said nobody has been able to beat down Ilya until Braun left him lying with a spear. He said he feels for Ilya for having to relinquish the title. Um, He said he isn't getting the title, though, because if he needs a friend, he should get a dog and Braun will keep the title over his shoulder. KO talked about how he hates JD McDonough and how he sees JD trying to get Ilya and Braun to soften each other up. I really like that touch. <clears throat> it, it it makes McDonough seem like he has this master plan.
1: Yeah, it, it adds uh, a layer to the match. It makes him a threat to win because, honestly, looking at the three, you wouldn't
0: think he would necessarily be a threat to win. Yep. Owen said they need to get on the same page because nobody wants to see JD McDonough as champion. Owen says he talked to JD's mom, and JD's mom doesn't want him to be champion. JD said he doesn't need anyone's support. He just needs an opportunity and one Devlin sl- sl- uh, slide to become champion. Devlin actually looks more forward to see the pain in Ilya's eyes when Ilya shows anguish having to lose to I- uh, having to lose to him. Ilya said it doesn't matter uh, what continent, JD will always be a contender, but never a champion. Braun then cuts in. Ilya noted that Braun lost his last triple threat match to Dolph Ziggler. Ilya dared Breaker to come at him right now. Owens apologized to Shawn and exited the ring. Uh, Breaker said that Ilia brawled uh, while JD watched Breaker, and Ilya were brawling while JD watched from the side. Security guards tried to separate Ilia and Braun, uh, but that didn't really work. Ilya hit Breaker with a torpedo in Moscow. Ilya then hit JD with a headbutt and torpedo Moscow as he holds up the title. This is when Austin Theory walks out with his money-in-the-back contract. Theory held up the the money-in-the-bank briefcase. Vic Joseph wondered if Theory will be cashing in his contract against whomever the NXT champion is by the end of Saturday.
1: Yeah, so... Word? This is what you want to do with your briefcase, Austin Theory? I guess they can literally have him come out and say, I don't want to fight Roman Reigns. He would kill me. He's been champion for 9,000 days. But I will take this belt. Maybe he'll just do that.
0: Yep. I, if anything, again, if anything, I like the fact that all the shows are connected.
1: Okay, yeah, but do you not like... I don't know. How do you explain him using this on the developmental title rather than the world title when he's already on Raw? Like, you know what I mean? How do you properly explain him willingly going down to AAA to win the AAA World Series instead of vying for the actual World Series?
0: You can't. But again, it just adds intrigue. It adds intrigue. This is one of those cases, in my opinion, it's not gonna. Ha- I, I don't think it'll happen. Uh, but it adds something to it. It adds eyes to the show. If anything, sure.
1: Okay, I, I'm okay with that. I'm o- I'm okay with like, a little red herring. You know, I'm I'm, o- I'm okay with that. Although I do think if you think about it for a little bit, it's kind of just lazy's not the right word because you got to do something. It's totally fine, but it's just like it's a little dumb. I
0: don't know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, But, yeah, that was the show. Very enjoyable yeah. show. Very enjoyable a- show. Absolutely.
1: Like, no classics in the ring, but some some very good stuff overall. Highly enjoyable, watchable, fun two hours of wrestling. So you want to do uh, ratings, and Let's then we'll do...
0: do ratings, and then we'll do Havoc. A Halloween Havoc preview. But, Matt, we're the young guns, and we're done with star ratings. Every week, we have a new rating system based on something... You know, topic de jure, what are you thinking for this week?
1: Well, we got near Halloween Havoc, so I think we can go like uh, spooky, scary Halloween movie notables. All right. The first
0: match was Roxanne Perez versus Rhea Ripley.
1: Yes, Rhea versus Roxanne. Best match on the show. We're going to go three and three quarter Jasons out of five. 75%. That's a B plus. Go watch that match. It was a
0: good one. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Channing Stax Lorenzo. We're going to go three Chuckies out of five for this one, Boris. I think all things considered,
1: with the uh, the storytelling in the match, with the humongous crowd reaction, and even Vic and Booker did a good job on this one. I think it was above average.
0: Alba Fire versus Sonya Deville.
1: I didn't have much time for this at all. We're going to go one Terrifier 2. So that's a singular Terrifier 2. Out of five. Big fail for this
0: one. I didn't like this at all. Wesley and Oro Mensa versus Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams.
1: Another contender for best match on this show. I think you could go no lower than three and a half leather faces out of five. A solid B it was.
0: Yep. Cameron Grimes and the Good Brothers. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson versus the Schisms. Joe Gacy, Rip Fowler, and Jagger Reed. I think
1: we're going to go three exer-schisms. you see what I did there, Boris? Did you see what I did? 3 extra exer-schisms out of five. That was good.
0: That was very good. I, <laughs> my reaction might not show it, but I really appreciate that a lot more than you think.
1: Very good. I'm glad somebody does, buddy.
0: <laughs> Zion Quinn versus the super diva, Quincy Elliott.
1: All right. We're going to go two out of five. Two generic screaming banshees. Those banshees, Vic Joseph and Shotzi. Screaming bloody nonsense on commentary. Uh, yeah, slight fail. <laughs> two out of five.
0: I love how you add Vic Joseph there. Raquel Rodriguez versus Cora Jade.
1: Ah, yeah, again, slight fail. We're going to go two of the scariest, most brutal monsters in all the world. Two Von Wagners out of five for this match. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love it. All right. Yeah. So Halloween Havoc this Saturday, Saturday, October 22nd. Uh, we're not going to have an after party. We were going to have an aftercast. That's a podcast after the fact. We need to figure out when we're going to record this because it is my mother's birthday and we are celebrating it that night. So, well, it might be a late Saturday thing, early Sunday morning thing, like overnight type thing. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Anyways.
1: Oh well, well, happy happy birthday to Mama Mama Aguilar. That's awesome, and yeah, we'll record Sunday morning uh, whenever you uh, wake up.
0: Yeah, or, or, or like for, or Saturday, night. depending on like I think my family likes doing early stuff, right? Everyone's okay. old. My mom's almost eighty. For Christ's sake! Dang. Okay. Word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I'm a late bloomer, and it's funny because <laughs> I, I still have a younger sister. No, oh, dang. Yeah. All right. Spin the wheel. Make the deal. Apollo Crews versus Grayson Waller. Yeah, should end this
1: feud, I imagine Apollo Crews will win and move up in NXT,
0: try to challenge for the world title sooner than later. Ambulance match, Damon Kemp versus Julius Creed. Uh, if Damon Kemp wins, Brutus Creed must leave NXT. So, yeah, it sounded like you had a little fan theory here. Boris, hit us with your thoughts. I think that Gable Steveson is going to make an appearance and help uh, his brother, Damon Kemp, win this match.
1: I like it. I definitely could see it happening. Damon Kemp joining up with his brother, and then you can do a a Brutus kind of joins, uh, I don't know, like a rogue Brutus, Brutus Pillman situation, the loose Brutus. All kinds of fun things could happen. But yeah, eventually bringing the Creed brothers back for a tag team showdown. I like it.
0: Yep, but I I do think that we're going to see Gable in some shape, way, or form on Saturday. You know, if he was ready, I'm sure we would have seen him on Raw by now since the regime change.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right about that. But maybe he's going to get ready. Maybe it's time for him on NXT. Weapons Wild match. Cora Jade versus Roxanne Perez. Roxanne will win,
0: and I hope it's a good match because their first one was a little disappointing. Yep. The match that will steal the show for the NXT North American Championship, Carmelo Hayes versus Nathan Fraser versus Oro Mensa versus Von Wagner versus Wes Lee. Let's be realistic. It's either going to be Fraser, Lee or Hayes winning this, which means that Von Wagner is for sure going to win this match.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can actually realistically see all five, man. I yeah. can see a, a legitimate case for all five. I really can. Uh I, I actually, I have no clue who is going to win. I would pick Wesley. I think he's doing awesome work, and I think he needs to be acknowledged. But you can say the same about a lot of these guys. I see the benefits in putting this belt on Oro. I see the benefits in putting it on the monstrous
0: Von Wagner. So yeah, I see I, benefits. I, I'm, I'm
1: guessing with yeah, go ahead.
0: I see benefits on putting the belt back on Carmelo Hayes, right? But if yeah. Hayes is due to move up to the main roster, there's no point of that. Nathan Fraser is hot right now. Had awesome match with Axiom. There seems to be some momentum on Fraser. Oro Mensa being the new kid in town. Even he, you know, what a way to start his uh, NXT run Von Wagner they seem to be behind Von Wagner a little bit more Von Wagner is improving he seems a little different a little more grounded a little more evil a little more angry a little bigger he seems more comfortable with himself and then Wesley is fucking Wesley what else can you say about this guy yeah
1: dog Uh, yeah so heart says Wesley head says Von Wagner honestly I think Von Wagner is probably going to win this match
0: (laughs) You're right. I, we're on the same page. And then uh, for the NXT Women's Championship, Mandy Rose versus Alba Fire. So I I think I think we're gonna get one of the two main
1: titles changing. I think Alba Fire is gonna win finally. But we always say Mandy Rose is gonna lose and move up because she's been ready for six months. So we'll see if it's if it's time. But I do think Alba Fire will win this match. Will win this title.
0: NXT Championship. Triple threat match, Braun Breaker, your champion, versus Ilya Dragunov versus JD McDonough.
1: So, yeah, Braun's going to win, I'm pretty sure.
0: Are we hey, going to see is, a I, I, No, no, it's got
1: to be a red herring, right? It's got to be. so.
0: I I think it's a red herring. I honestly think it's literally just to put extra eyes on the show. Do you think it would add a
1: single extra eyeball, perhaps two extra eyeballs?
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I, I really do think so. I don't know what uh three hundred million Americans and thirty million Canadians are thinking.
1: <laughs> That's a good point, buddy. I'm sure there's one diehard Austin Theory fan or two out there, or just someone who loves that
0: money in the bank gimmick. Yep, exactly. That's exactly it, right? And, and, and let's be honest, like a lot of even like internet wrestling fans like us, right? Like I'm sure that there are people who are gonna wanna see if he cashes in. I I I don't know. To me, it makes zero sense. I agree with you there. It makes zero logical sense. It hurts. It would hurt his character in a sense. But at the same time, it adds a little bit of intrigue to all of this. You know, so we'll see.
1: If, like, NXT actually feels like they have a hole at the top of the card. They need someone to be a champion, heel champion, for the next six months. And it's going to be way better than anything else Austin Theory would be doing on the main roster. Maybe it makes sense to do this, but... I don't know. He'd have to cut a really weird, interesting promo to explain it. Outside of him actually saying, I am scared of Roman Reigns. I don't know how you how you do this.
0: Yeah. I don't know either. Anyways, so that is Halloween Havoc. We're going to be coming at you with an aftercast this weekend. And, uh, yeah, man, there, there's just a lot going on. Tons, tons on the go. Figuring out a lot of stuff, uh, you know, behind the scenes. Again, growing the brand for the brand, everything is, uh, yeah, looking pretty good, uh, big picture wise. But uh, man, it's 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 busy. It's a busy time here. Before we go, I do want to quickly say, I am so happy that Hangman Adam Page is, seems to be doing all right.
1: Yeah, apparently it is. It is only quote unquote a concussion, no severe neck damage. And yeah, that was for everyone out there. That was uh, certainly a shoot. Uh, a real unfortunate accident situation and we are glad that uh, hangman on a page is all right and yeah i'm gonna be in a couple hours recording with the mouth and we're gonna be talking about that uh unfortunate incident and everything that happened on AEW dynamite last night
0: you, yeah so quickly just on that this is the issue when you when you blur the lines one too many times right everyone questions literally everything it's,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, it's annoying. It's definitely annoying. And you have fans going, like, are taking all kinds of sides and just being needlessly tribalistic over yeah. this thing. Yeah, it's re- really bad.
0: Bad yeah. look. Just stop, people. Just stop, people, and enjoy the show, just like we hope you enjoyed this show. We'll be coming back at you this weekend with a Halloween Havoc aftercast. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Until next time, stay tranquilo.
1: Go Habs, go! Yeah, yeah, yeah!